This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. We've just stepped into a healing season. It's not by might, not by power, but by God's Spirit. And as we continue to just soak ourselves in the presence of God, you know, just feel every ounce of His power, your body will tell. Your spirit will tell. Because everything in you that is not of God will yield for God's spirit to gain ascendancy in your life. It's true. It's true. So if I were you, I would start to lock in into that extra space. That space that takes you to straight on to the next level. You know, nourish yourself to the point where God's word lives through you. You understand? You know, for some of you, you've, you've been better than where you are now. But for some of you, you're on your way to the top. And nothing can stop that. So we've been doing too much talk. Let's do the walk. You understand? Let's do the walk. There's been too much of talk, you know. We know how to talk like Christians. We know how to, to speak the holy, holy language. We know how to speak the spiritual words. But let's do the talk. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We can't just keep living under pretentious, you know, spirituality. No, 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 no. Do you know why? Because God cuts through that. He cuts through that whole thing of yours. He knows. He knows some of it is not real. He just knows. He knows some of it is just acting. Now it's time for us to put acting aside and be real. You, you understand? He knows. He knows. He knows there's something inside of you that seeks more of him. But he knows that at this point in your life, you're still acting being a Christian. Stop acting. Be. Be. Because your words need to align with your act. It needs to align. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. You're faking it. Christianity is not fake it until you make it. If you're not a Christian, you aren't. You know, I've told you about before that there is no part-time Christianity. You are either a Christian or you aren't a Christian. And I'm not talking about religiosity. I'm not talking about how to act like a Christian. That's what I'm actually telling you to put aside. Put the act aside. Just be a child of God. Just be. Just be. Otherwise, there are some things that will never happen. Otherwise, there are some things, that, there are some change that you will never see. Why? Because you are acting it. The change won't happen for real. It won't happen. You're praying. The, the prayer is not going anywhere. Why? Because you're faking it. Be real. Don't live double lives now. Be real. Be real. Determine where you belong. Whose side are you on? Are you on the Lord's side? Or you're on your own side? And you don't want to ever be left alone by yourself. Why? Because to ourselves we are dangerous. We are ticking bombs. We explode at some point. Why? And that's more of the reason our fellowship together does much for us than it does for them. Let me say that again. Our fellowship together does much for us than it does for them. 
So if you're thinking, I'm going to church so that they will see that I'm at church. No, it does much for you than it does for us. Whether or not you are here, God will still be present. And that's quite interesting that he said, where two or three? He didn't say where a hundred. Two or three. So just myself and Ade will cause the Holy Spirit to reside here permanently. You understand? It's true. It's true. It's true. But when you find yourself in God's house, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so ought we to sharpen ourselves. So it does much for you than for the idea of, let me go to church so that they know that I'm still here. No. It's not about that. That is faking it. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God. I was glad. I was glad. I was glad because he understood what it meant not to be in God's house. He understood what it meant to be left by yourself, to be left alone. He understood what it meant. So every time he hears about God, he said, my ears are inclined to your word. In other words, inclined means to lean towards. So whenever you hear God's word, you're leaning towards it. You want to hear some more. Can that be you? Ask someone sitting by you, can that be you? Can that be you? It's time to stop acting it. It's time to stop faking it. It's time to be it. Be a Christian. Be God's child. Be God's child for real. Stop following the crowd. Move the crowd. Are we still here? Stop following the crowd. The crowd ought to follow you. True. The crowd ought to follow you because you are the light of the world. The whole world, the whole world will want to come to the light. They don't want to stay in the dark. They want to come to the light. So if you are a shining and bright light, the world will come around you. Don't be that person who's lit his candle and put it under a bushel. No one else can see it. And that is why, because you can't even see where your own light leads, you want to follow others whose lights are brighter. Don't. Don't follow the crowd. You move the crowd. Well, is that even biblical? Of course it is. Of course it is. Isaiah chapter 60. So your sons will be brought from afar. Your daughters will be nursed at your side. And that is you moving the crowd. You say, who are they that fly like clouds? That's you moving the, the, the crowd. Let the crowd hear you. You've got a voice that must be heard. Don't keep it. Don't keep it. Don't say, I don't know what to say. Just speak up. At times, at times, you don't even have to prepare what to say. Jesus said, at the very moment when you are to speak, I will put the words right on your lips. Come on, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Today, I'm talking about walking the talk. Walking the talk. And for you to be able to walk the talk, there are some decisions you need to make. It needs to be real decisions. 
There are some decisions that circumstantially would move you, would want you to make them. And circumstances kind of tries to make us decide on some certain things. For example, you, you decide to drive when you are going somewhere far. But there are several ways of getting there. You can catch the bus, you can catch the train, you can drive. And actually, you can walk. And there's so much benefit to walking. Uh, but like they say, if you've already started driving, you would never want to walk again. Right? That's true. So what does that mean? It makes you lazy. That when they ask you to walk, you feel like it's punishment. But then you go back to the doctor, the doctor is saying you're not walking enough. You understand? At, at times, so circumstantially, you make some decisions. But there are some decisions, there are other decisions that you can make that will be beneficial to your health, to your spiritual life. There's some. And that is more of the reason we need to identify what we say and how we say them so that it aligns with what our life is about. What's your life's vision? We're not the vision of our church, but what is your life's vision? What's your life's vision? There are some of us, you know, we, we take one step, we take another step back. Of course, it's worse when you take one step forward and two steps backward. But some of us will never really move. Why? Because we think we are progressing, but we are really not progressing. But there's a movement. But just moving is not enough. Progressing is good. And not progressing so that others can see. But your life needs to really move forward for real. It needs to move forward. And how can it move forward when you're always faking it? Because you know you aren't moving anywhere. Whatever other person think, things are working. Hebrews chapter 5. It said, when you ought now to be teachers, you still have a need for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ. This ought not to be so. It ought not to be so. And I'm speaking to Christians tonight. Oh, this morning. Can I ask, how many of you have only come to know Jesus the last six months? Last six months. Okay, so how many of you have known Jesus for longer than six months? Aha, uh -huh. that's, that's all of us. Or almost all of us. There are some who is thinking, so where is it going with this? If I put my hand up, I probably might be in trouble. If I don't put my hand up, I'll be in trouble. So I'll just put my hand down anyway. It's okay. But if you've been a Christian for the past six months, God's word should already start changing you. If it's not changing you, check where you are at. Check if this is your idea of faking it. Or if this is for real. On Friday, we talked about the Lordship of Jesus, right? We talked about, do you really realize that Jesus is the Lord of your life? Or is it the Lord that you make him out to be? Or is it just the Lord as a title? Is his title Lord? And his responsibility is, shh, sit down there. You know, at times we, we deal with God like that. He's speaking to you or thinking, it's okay, I'll listen to you later. 
when I come to the small room where we need to talk and pray to you, you will talk to me. That's okay. But for now, let me be the, the talker. And at times, we end up talking ourselves through our whole life and nothing spiritual is happening in our lives. It is, it is a pathetic life to live. Because you live a spirit life and nothing spiritual is happening. It's a pathetic lifestyle. That God is wanting you to take yourself seriously, but you cannot. You see yourself always moving from one point to another. You cannot make a decision. A double-minded person, the Bible says, is unstable. And the fearful part is that he didn't just say unstable. He said he's unstable in all his ways, in everything. So you can't you can make a decision here. It affects every other thing in your life. A double-minded person, an ambivalent person. Someone who's always thinking, should I, should I not, should I, should I not, should I, should I not. Should I go to church today? Oh, no, I'm too tired. Uh, yeah. But I'll go to work later. Huh. Shame on you. Because your work will only satisfy one part. Coming to church will satisfy everything. Oh. Uh, uh, it's true, though. It's true, though. At least, number one, you have the opportunity to see my face. <laughs> and the opportunity to see others and give them a hug. I wonder how many people you give a hug to when you get to work. Here is free. Right? It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Here, we're not careful. Uh, are, you, are you in a relationship? We're not in a relationship, so I shouldn't hug you. No, I'll just go. I'll hug you. If anything is in your mind, it's your problem. You, you get it? So we just do it. And we thank God for uh, the opportunity to be real, to be ourselves together. And then we have the opportunity to hear this kind of word which challenges you. Because you possibly won't get spoken to like this at work. You probably might end up suing them. You're right? You don't have the right to talk to me like that. And it's not like I'm talking down on you, but I'm challenging you. I'm challenging something inside of you that, that wants to come out, yeah. that wants to grow. Yeah. And you cannot keep doing exactly the same thing, waiting for the result to change. It will never change. Yeah. You've got to change the way you perceive things. You've got to change the way you work towards things for the result to change. Otherwise, it's exactly the same thing. And you're wondering, why am I not progressing? Why am I not? The answer lies with you. Change the way you do things. And your progress will become evident. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, almighty God. How lovely is your dwelling place. You can never realize how lovely God's dwelling place is until you find yourself away from the dwelling place. You can never realize how amazing a place has been until you find yourself lost in the desert. How many of you, <laughs> all right, how many of you wake up every morning as you stand up from your bed, you look back at your bed and go, oh dear bed, thank you so much. No one does that. 
but stay away from your home for three days in a camp. You cannot wait to get to bed. And when you get on your bed, you lie down on your bed and you go, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because comfort becomes too familiar that it has no value until you lose it. Same thing with relationships at times. That it becomes too familiar until you lose it. You never knew what kind of value it added to your life. Verse 1 again. How lovely is your dwelling place. Lovely is the perception. Is how you define where you've now found yourself. There are people who don't think the dwelling place of God is lovely. Well, let's just go. And the reason you go is just to tick the box. I went to church today. And the reason why you are ticking the box is to have peace of mind. Because the Holy Spirit has been hovering in your heart. He's been telling you, well, when was the last time? Then you just go to church so, so that you can have peace of mind for another five minutes. Do you know why? It's because he loves you. That's why he's still, he's still bothering you to be in his presence. Because when you fall in trouble, when you find trouble, when you see trouble, he will always be the one whose name you will call, Holy Spirit, come and look at me. And the Holy Spirit is thinking, no, I can't see you. Because you blocked yourself away from me. Too much Netflix. <laughs> Amen. You, you know, too much partying, too much clubbing, too much, too much work at times. It's just too much. It's blocking you from seeing me. I'm always here, but you just can't see me. And you're saying, Holy Spirit, come and dwell. He said, but I've always been here. I'm not coming again. I've already come. He's here. He's here. Verse 2. He said, my soul yearns, even faints. I love that. So my soul, my soul, in other words, the core of my being yearns for you. He's longing for you. He wants to, wants to come into your presence, wants to come into this place where I can just be myself. So my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. In other words, I can't wait to be in there. I can't wait to be in the presence of God's people. I just can't wait. How many times do we have to go to church? Why can't we be at church on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday? You know, so there are some people that are saying, you know, how many times is church open? When? When? I just want to be there. I just want to be there. And it's not about the building. It's about the understanding. Say, so how lovely is your dwelling place? So it's not about how beautiful physically a place looks is how comfortable you are with the atmosphere that you've now come to know. So how have you come to know God's presence amongst his people? How have you come to feel comfortable being yourself in God's presence amongst his people? How? How is it that at 6.30 in the morning, you're not going, oh, wow, it's not, it's not 9 o'clock yet. And that you can't just wait for 9 o'clock so that you can jump out of the house and be at church with other people. I know that some of you are not quite inter interested and excited with your job, I know. But you can't wait to jump in the car and quickly get to a job so that you're not late. 
And that's almost opposite what we're talking about. It's not about how lovely is my workplace. <laughs> because your workplace, none of us really want to work. Am I generalizing? Most of us really wouldn't like to work. Or possibly that starts with me. <laughs> you know? But I'd rather be in God's house. I'd rather be, you know, in this building. I'd rather sit down just doing God's business. Then, he said, but because you're a pastor, no, not at all. Even way before I became a pastor, I just couldn't wait to be in God's house. I just couldn't wait. And some of you had been like that when you were growing up. So my question to you is, where did all that yearning go? Why did it disappear? Why did you allow it to disappear? Why did you allow it to disappear? You know, at times I, be, uh, and probably this is just my being human thinking, that at times when God does great things for you, it actually in some instance becomes a barrier to your spiritual life. I'm not quite sure where most of us have come from. But I do believe that where you now found yourself is a progress from where you've been. Uh, is, is it true? But whilst you were where you've been, you'd always pray the prayer, God, if you progress me at all, if you make me, if you give me, if you do that and this and that, uh, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to even commit myself even more to you, God. You know, and you prayed. Even in the time of your being emotional, and God knows, he, he knows how to see through that all you. He, know, he knows how to see all those fakings, but he wants to do it anyway because he trusts you. And then all of a sudden, the beautiful things that you've prayed about has come. And then the conditions around those beautiful things have taken your eyes away from your promise. But God, I will serve you. I will commit. In fact, I will become, you know, a chief choir member. <laughs> uh, so where are you now? Uh, too much work, Pastor, you know. I need to make money so that I can pay my fees. I need to make money so that I can buy a house. I need to make money, you know. Everyone wants to make money. We all want to, don't we? In fact, that's why we work. If there was no need to make money, we wouldn't go to work. But can I say something? That you will still have another excuse not to serve God. Now, if there is no need anymore for you to work, you will still have another excuse. Because it's almost natural with you. You always find an excuse not to. You always find an excuse. We have all excuses not to pay our power bills, don't we? But can we, we, can we decide not to pay them? No. Because we know the repercussion of that. We do know. So we have all the excuses not to do the things that we don't want to do. But we know the effect of all those things. And I'm saying the same thing. That we may have all the excuses not to perceive God's house as a lovely place of dwelling. We may. But God sees the intents of your heart. And all he is saying to you is stop faking it. Become real. Start being real from today onward. Start being real because it's easier for you when you're real. He knows. He knows when you're lying. Do you know that? He knows. 
He knows when you're just lying, barely lying. He knows when you can't be bothered getting up from the bed. How lovely is your dwelling place. O Lord God Almighty. So my soul yearns, even fence for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. He said, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have a young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those, come on, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed are those. These guys don't need praying for. Are you still here? They don't need praying for. If you're always a seeker of prayer, check if your dwelling place is in God's house. Check the works of your hand. Check the, your obedience to God. Just check. If things are always going wrong, check where you are at. Of course, there are some people who, for interesting reasons, just have some specific challenges because the devil wants to pull their ministry down. But these are not the ones that I'm talking about. But there are those that every month something, something must happen to you. Something is happening to you and there's no change. Check where your dwelling place is. Where's your dwelling place? Does God dwell in your finances? You know, does, God, does God dwell in your daily, daily walk with him? Do, does God dwell there? He said, blessed are those whose, what did he say? Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are blessed. He didn't say they will be blessed. He said they are blessed. Just for dwelling in your house, they are blessed. He said these ones will forever be praising you. And why would they forever praise? And this is not praise God so that blessing can come down. No, they are always praising you for all the great things you've done. There is no, there is no need in their life. All they may have in their life is just once. You know, and once sometimes is out of greed. Okay, you know, or just you know, once. Oh God, I want this. And at times, God just looks at it and says, "Oh, you want it? It's okay. You have it." For David, for David, it was even much more than that. For Solomon, even way much more. That Solomon just kept giving and giving, giving more than was required. That at night, God went to Solomon and said, "Solomon, you've been giving." And the kind of person who gives like this means like that they're looking for something. So Solomon, what can I do for you? What's your problem? Are you trying to bully me into something? And Solomon said, no, 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 no. I, I thank God that you deserve it much more. Because I'm not supposed to be here right now. But, but instead of all the people who are meant to be king, you made me king instead of my father. So you made me king. I don't deserve to be a king. I'm a bastard. You didn't, you didn't get married to my mom. I actually, you killed my mom's husband and you married her. And then all of a sudden, God is choosing me to be the king of his people. I don't deserve it. But yet you chose me. So why can't I give everything to you? I'm not quite sure how many of us deserve where we are at right now in God. I don't think any of us really deserve it when you look at it from a physical perspective. We really don't deserve it. It's God's grace, right? It's God's grace. Else we would have been consumed. It's God's grace. It's God's grace. 
And until that comes to the forefront of your understanding of God, there are some things that will not shift. You want things to shift. So walk the walk. Stop only just talking. Let your life reflect, let the work of your life reflect who you are much more than your words. I'm a Christian. Didn't you know I'm a Christian? Yeah, I know. But your behavior is not showing. So how come? That one will consider who you are and what you say. They are two different things. Or who you, who you are in this house and what you are outside. They are two different things. Be a child of God. For real. All right? All right. Okay. I don't think when you came to church this morning, that was what you were wanting to hear. It's okay. <sighs> Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. He said, these kind of people, they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. You know, the valley of Baca is a bitter place, a place of bitterness. He said, but when this kind of people passes through that kind of valley, they make the spring. It just blossoms. So in other words, what people say, it's, it's, it's a dangerous time, it's a perilous time, it's, it's, you know, it's all doom and gloom. These guys come into it and it just springs to life. So, but how come? How come? Why? Because on them is the light of God shown. And wherever they go, there is a growth, there is this spring welling to everlasting life in them. They might not be physical models, but they are God's models. I say this kind of people passes through the valley of Baca, but they make it into a spring. And that's the blessing that is upon this house. Amen. Amen. Regardless of what you're going through in your life, you walk through those doors, it's the end of it. It's the end of it. And all I ask you to do is just to watch your life. And see how God takes you on a journey. It's upward and forward only. No, it does not nosedive. <laughs> no, not here. If you want to nosedive, walk out the door. But right here, whilst you are still here, God will only take you upward and forward. Your life will never go down. Why? Because that's the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. He changes things. But all I'm asking you is allow him to work through you. Don't fake it. Be real. Come to him just as you are. Don't try to act like a Christian. Let God see what you are exactly. If you aren't a Christian yet, we'll always give opportunity for you to become one. And when you become a Christian, just be yourself. Don't act like others that you met. <laughs> because they might just be acting. I, I, I want you to know and take this home today. Now, God wants you. God wants something much more of you. He, he wants you to be real. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. We don't come to church to compete. Just come as you are. And allow God to work through you. There is no walking through. God will walk through you, but at times it will hurt. 
it's not always a joyful time. It's a pleasing time with the Lord all the time. But it's not always a joyful in, in terms of discipline. When he's disciplining you, you probably might feel a pinch a little bit. You probably might go, oh, I don't like them in this church anymore. Just allow that your human self to talk. Allow, then allow the Holy Spirit to take over again. All right? He's like, I don't like them. The way they talk to people. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's just your dead self talking. Well, allow the, the living, breathing, Holy Spirit-filled self to come above and take over you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Great. Can we stand on our feet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord God Almighty. And how I love to seek your face, my heart and my flesh, every time they fail. But there is one truth that always remains, that God is the strength of my life and my passion forever. Lift your hands to him. We worship you, Jesus. You are a champion in our lives. You are the champion in this church. You are the champion of our lives, Father. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. There is none like you, Father. Oh, we praise you because you've spoken to us today. And Lord, our words are changing. For our lives work to change. Our life is aligning with your word. In the name of Jesus, we will continue to see the blessing of your word. We will continue to view your house as a lovely place, Father. We praise you because we know that blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will always be praising you. We are those who dwell in your house. And there will always be a reason for us to praise you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you, God. We honor you in Jesus' name. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge. A change is inevitable.